you understand how it works, what you have to do, how you need to double down on everything that you're you're doing effort wise, marketing wise, putting yourself out there. And once you realize that, you understand that you can make a career out of this, survive and thrive during the tough times. And then whenever it's good, it is boom, ready to go. Welcome to the Builder Broker Podcast. Each episode, you'll hear the journey of newly minted mortgage brokers from concept to first closed loan on their road to success. As we've seen with some of our guests on Builder Broker, the huge volume we saw in 2020 and 2021 made it relatively easy to open up a broker shop. However, you can't lose sight of being prepared for the inevitable downturn. On this episode, you'll hear how our guest and his partner prepare the firm for the eventual downturn in the industry for them to not only survive, but thrive thanks to a double down strategy. That plus a powerful lead to loan conversion system and a well-defined process makes this episode another one you want to take notes for. But first, a message from our sponsor. Rocket Pro TPO has the tools brokers need to compete, even in an ever-changing market. Elevate your game with world-class training called Pro Performance. It's elite coaching that only Rocket Pro TPO can offer. Partners walk away with the skills to confidently present to clients, explain market conditions, and win more business. Learn more at rocketprotpo.com. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states, NMLS number 3030. I'm your host, Andrew Berman, and on this episode of Build a Broker, we're going to hear from Brad Lawson, president of Prime Line Capital. Let's get into Brad's journey and how we got into the business finding the right management style, and finding the perfect partner to complement his skills. Brent, I want to talk about, you know, your, you know, why you became a mortgage broker. I want to talk about, you know, your your partnership um, and and all the, you know, the the struggles and, and wins that you guys had with rolling out you know, your mortgage company. But, uh, you know, take us back to, you know, the, the start of it. Like, how, how did you get into the mortgage yeah, business? Interesting question. I, uh, I got into the mortgage industry back in late 2012. I'm originally from Pennsylvania and I was looking for a, a place to land in North Carolina. I just always wanted to move back to North Carolina and, uh, needed a job. Uh, my, my mom's cousin actually was a mortgage loan originator for Wells Fargo. And it just prompted me to even look into the industry, but I sent a couple of resumes down, uh, to North Carolina and the one that was like, yeah, we're, we're open come on down, uh, was, a, a mortgage lender down here. So I ended up just getting into it that way. There was no, like, I definitely want to get into mortgage. It just happened to be like the, the way it worked out and uh, the job I got so that I could make the move I wanted to move the, the move I wanted to make. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was about the, the way it started. Then they had a great training program. They were able to, uh, teach, basically the ropes, but also some of the intangible things about the mortgage industry, a very ethical company, a lot of integrity, uh, but they, they taught a lot about how to sell a mortgage, how to bring in new clients, how to run a business. A lot of the things that, that we still use even today came from my original company. And I mean, it, it ultimately paid off to put us in a position where we can run a thriving business as independent mortgage brokers. So and when in your, your journey did you like, you know, fall in love with the business? Was it like, you know, your first closed loan? Was it learning the process? Was it uh, like, what, what point 
in your career were like, oh, this is this is this is me for life? That's a great question. And the the funny part is it kind of coincides with where we're at right now. So back in 2013 was maybe one of the first Fed rate hikes. This is like July of 2013, and they jumped up interest rates for the first time since the Great Recession happened. And boom, instantly overnight, like the business dried up. As a company, we went from closing maybe 500, 600, 700 loans, depending on the month, to I believe in January of 2014, we closed maybe 100 and 25 or something like that. And, and we saw the amount of people leave that company, whether it was by company's choice or by their own choice. And it just dwindled down to a point where there was, it went from 50% less loan originators working for the company and a lot of the operations team gone as well. I struggled very, very badly during that period of time between, let's say, December of 2013 and maybe March of 2014. And then we came out of it. And I started to understand like, okay, I know how to get through the tough times now. And through that, through the the tenure that I've had since, there's been maybe six, seven, eight other downturns or very difficult times in the mortgage business through that period. And once you get through one, it's like you can, you understand how it works, what you have to do, how you need to double down on everything that you're, you're doing effort wise, marketing wise, putting yourself out there. And once you realize that you understand that you can make a career out of this, survive and thrive during the tough times. And then whenever it's good, it is boom, ready to go. (laughs) So, so I, I want to go a little further on that. Talk about what did you do, what do you double down? So here, you know, so so you guys uh, started um, PrimeLine uh, back in 2019. Um, so, so you've had a little bit of time to prepare, you know, for for a downturn. I mean, obviously, you know, 2019 was okay. You know, 2020, 2021, insane. Uh, so w- through those years, what did you prepare to um, so for this downtime so you could double down uh, on the prime line? The first and most important piece, now that we're running the business, when you're a loan originator, it's literally just stacking your pipeline so that you have people to call on whenever things get tough and you need to really go out there and find business. Um, but now that we're we're running a business as owners, um, the biggest thing is is capital. And knowing that this was coming, instead of you know living frivolous frivolously, going out buying the expensive luxuries and stuff like that, we knew that this was going to come. So we just literally created a war chest from day one to where hey, we're going to reinvest in growth. We're going to reinvest in opportunities. But we're not going to just spend freely and throw money at the wall because we got it. We're going to go ahead, make sure that we're prepared four times like this. And sure enough, it comes. And I mean, with a with a large staff of, you know, maybe 75 people at the time. When when originations go down 30, 40, maybe even 50 percent like 
that type of headcount can take you under if you're not prepared for it. And so money was definitely, definitely the biggest piece. I mean, uh, listen, I'm ready. You look excited. You look like, like, like almost like a, like, um, I don't want to say in, in, enthusiastic but yeah like enthusiastic about this downturn because like it's presented uh, some good opportunities for you guys look i'm not gonna sit here and say oh man i enjoy the challenge of of scraping for every deal during these times that's definitely not it however understanding that we positioned ourselves in a place where we can learn to thrive during these downtimes and and every single Every single originator that we brought in throughout our first three years was brand new. There's no books of business coming in. We taught everybody how to exist in the mortgage industry. And, uh, you know, at this point in time, that definitely makes it more difficult when you don't have the books of business that maybe a, a five, 10 year originator has. Um, as far as, the excitement wise, it is exciting because we know that everything that we're doing now, when we get to the other side of this, the people that are still in the industry, it is going to be another boom time. Whether that's 12 months from now, 18 months from now, two years from now, it's literally just doing everything we can right now to build up that book of business so that when, let's say, rates drop, there's an opportunity. Uh, every single person that Locked in at five and a half. Well, when rates go back to four, boom, there, there's a client waiting for us, not to mention all the other clients that we're bringing in via leads. Well, that's awesome. And I, 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 mean, I, I want to talk a little bit more about, you know, the things you do to prepare as far as expenses and things like that. But but I, I want to know, actually, let's go back actually to, you know, the, the genesis of Primeline. So um, what do you love about the mortgage broker model? So the mortgage broker model is interesting in a couple different ways. Number one is as a startup, it doesn't take much to enter the business. So you want to be a direct lender? Well, you're going to need some venture capital or, or a ton of money to, to stand behind that. With the mortgage broker model, you can enter with, with very minimal um, capital, money, people, time, you can get set up within 30 days or so. So it's, it's very interesting on that front. The other piece is having options. You know, you're, you're working at a, let's say a retail lender, you have their rates to offer and you have their programs to offer nothing else. And so many, many retail lenders don't have the variety of programs, products and so forth to be able to entice clients to do business with you, not to mention even tough times, uh, I'm sorry, even, even great times, margins can go up significantly for, for many lenders. Um, they can change it day to day, just depending on how much volume they want or what they're looking for. Uh, with, with the mortgage broker model, okay, if one lender increases margins, that's okay. We got, we got nine or 10 others. We'll take a look at, at the best place at that moment in time for the client we're talking to. That makes sense? 
Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. You know, I, I mean, that's this is the 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 superpower that brokers have. Uh, you get to pick and choose. Uh, you know, which partner you're going to work with, and I mean, how do you decide? You know, so uh, obviously, you know, the sponsor of the of the show. I know you do business Rocket Pro TPO, um, but but uh, you know, how do you pick partners to work with? So, it very rarely ever comes down to interest rates, and almost always comes down to the operational efficiency of that lender. What a lot of people don't understand is a mortgage is not a commodity. A mortgage is, yes, the terms of the loan might be the commodity, but a mortgage is a process and it's, it's let's say 30 days where you have to spend within that process. And that process could be amazing, uh, uh, just an awesome experience, or it could be rocky, very discombobulated, and the amount of headache, time, just overall effort spent in getting the loan can be more costly than any difference in terms among different lenders. Does that make sense? Where, where it's not just, hey, I want a 30-year fixed and I get it at this rate. It's I'm working with somebody for a good amount of time and my life could could be amazing during that or it could literally be brutal and and every single person that's ever gotten a mortgage can tell you a nightmare story that they had about a, a loan process that they did but it's getting a lot better and and that's what we look for we don't want to work with the ones that are going to make it a nightmare we want to work with the ones that can make it as efficient as possible so that we provide an amazing experience to every client we work with. That's awesome. So you pick your partners right, and then you decide actually, you know, where you're sending the loans to based on you know uh, the the factors of that particular loan. I love it, man. It's this is uh, it's leveraging the superpower of a of a of a mortgage broker. So I, I want to go back also to to you know the genesis of PrimeLine. So uh, your your partner, we had the, the pleasure of of, of uh, interviewing Fernando. Uh, so so how did you guys connect? Uh, you know, he told me the story, but I want to hear it in 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 your words because he spoke very fondly about you and it really sounds like just like a great working partnership yes yeah, so during my course at our previous company i had i had maybe taken steps up the ladder to the point where i was running my own sales team and fernando had uh joined my team probably in 2015 2016 and within became one of the top producers, not only on my team, but within the company. Like the dude knows how to sell. He's as good as it gets when it comes to sales strategy. Uh, his ability to go, go, go. His his motor is unbelievable. Um, and so, so he was one of the top people on my team. And he got to a point where, um, you know, sometimes when you are the best, uh, you know, athletes, you see it all the time. You might feel a little maybe underpaid or uh, not getting the acknowledgement that you deserve. And you get a little um, unhappy with the situation. And, and he certainly started looking to go out on his own. And, and he was, he was originally looking to start some type of consulting company 
Um, and you know, he also sensed that I was kind of at the end of my time with the company as well. And so, you know, I kind of reached out to him. We went back and forth. Uh, we got it together and, and decided, Hey, we can do this. Like you and I, we've worked together for, for four years, been great, uh, great chemistry between us the whole time. Um, let's, let's go ahead. Let's, let's take a shot here. And at that point in time, we, we really didn't know every in and out, but we decided to do it and said, Hey, it, it was the decision to just say, we're going to do it. And then we figured it out from there. That's awesome. And, and, and so, you know, listen, when partners, you guys are very different personality types. You definitely seem to complement each other in amazing ways. Uh, but th things don't always work out as, as you hope. And I'm sure sometimes there's uh, disagreements and of course there could be fatal disagreements, uh, you know, but, but like, what, what are the things that you do to kind of prevent, uh, you know, minor issues arising, just disagreement, uh, two ply toilet paper versus one ply toilet paper, or, you know, something uh, more significant, like a, uh, God forbid, a disability or something like that. I wish we could say that, that we intentionally set it up this way, but it almost formed naturally or organically to the point where we have lanes. He's got his lanes. And I've got my lanes. And if I disagree with something about something in his lanes, I will express that, but I'm not necessarily going to shut it, shut it down or um, make it my way. Now that's what he's best at. So let him handle that piece. If he's confident that he's right about these certain things and disagrees with me, no problem. I'm, I'm humble enough to let that go. And, and he's even better at doing that with me. I pro I'm probably more vocal towards him than he is towards me, but he, he knows, Hey, this is, this is his lane. I'm going to let him do it. And the decisions that he makes, we're, we're going to, we're going to be confident. These are the right ones. So trust, trust and, uh, and, and splitting up respect. the uh, yeah, respect. It's a respect. It's a mutual respect. I mean, you know, hearing you talk about Fernando and uh, hearing Fernando talk about you. I mean, there's just a a, a genuine appreciation and respect, uh, you know, for for each other. So, uh, yeah, that's listen. It, it doesn't always work out this way, you know. But here we're we're uh, what uh, three years uh, three years in, into this, uh, it's it's obviously working because uh, you know you've been through the thick times. Now a little bit of thin times and you're prepared for them and you're excited about them. I could tell actually, I don't see any stress on you. Uh, so this is, this is very, very well, cool. Give so me an Oscar, bro. <laughs> it, it exists. It exists. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. So, so listen, what, what do you do to kind of fight like negativity and stress? I mean, like what, what are the things that you do on a regular basis to kind of keep you motivated and, and keep this energy and, and this positive sense that you have? So this goes back to when I learned how to get through that first downturn. And literally in, in 2014, I started a, a journey you could call it where I was going to learn about how to sell, how to lead, how to understand business. And basically, I dove into mostly YouTube, but podcasts, books. And I, I, I try to tell this to everybody, but you need body armor, right? And, and so bad things are going to happen 
if you got the armor, you're fine. But if that armor is looking thin, you're going to be taking on bullets all the time. You can't, you can't live like that. Um, and so every single day, this is, this is, like I said, 2014. So we're probably looking at eight straight years, whether it's Saturday, Sunday, vacation, doesn't matter. Every single day I wake up and 30 minutes in the morning, I'm listening to something positive, something about business, something to teach me about leadership, how to overcome difficult times, anything like that. And, and I, I tell our entire team, this, I, anybody that listens, it literally changed my life. The way that I live my life today is 90% from the things that I've heard through that journey. And we're talking some of the biggest names in, in business, almost providing my education and almost my belief system to me. Wow. So th this is more powerful than the YouTube videos that I watch where they're life hacks that will change your life. These are actual things and, and uh, you know, paradigm shifts. Like, so, so how do you find these videos and do you share these videos with your teammates? Yeah. So it's very easy to find them. You just have to look for them. And uh, typically what I do is I find somebody that I resonate with. And just to give you a handful of people, these are big names, but uh, Grant Cardone has always been been big in my life. Simon Sinek is excellent when it comes to leadership. Gary V, huge with marketing. Um, you could say Darren Hardy, author or editor of Success Magazine. I think you can all pick up where that goes. Uh, the, these are just a, a handful of names. Patrick Bet David has been one that's been huge for me recently. Um, but I find I find somebody that I resonate with, and then there's a thing under every video that you click called related videos, and you just go find the next one, and you find the next one. Now, personally, for me, I like it when it's a keynote speech, something where they have to entertain an audience, so it's it's entertaining while also providing value. And so I look for those specific types of videos uh, to 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 share. Now I do have I, I have what I call my entry level list. Anybody that comes onto the team, they always hear me talking about these YouTube videos or whatever. Anybody asks for it, I send it right to them. It's probably twenty videos, whether it's on mindset, uh, just life in general, or business topics. Uh, I send them that entry level list, and then they can they can go down their own rabbit hole of related videos and find what resonates with them. That's awesome. Would you share that? Would you, could we, Absolutely. Could we get Absolutely. If, if anyone's listening to this, can you, can they contact you and, and uh, get, get that playlist? I would love to. Oh, that's awesome. Fan, fantastic. Well, listen, so, you know, very, very simple. Just going to, you know, Google, if you Google uh, your name, uh, you know, basically, uh, and mortgage, basically Brad Lawson mortgage, you'll find him on LinkedIn. You'll be able to connect. Uh, so that that's, dude, I, I love this strategy. I, I, it's so, it's so simple. And most people, I mean, are consuming YouTube on a regular basis, but the, you're doing it actually every day and you're doing it like in the morning, right? You're the first thing in the morning. Correct. It's, it's while I'm getting ready for the day. Yeah. So that, that I think, uh, you know, kind of in almost sets an intention for the day, uh, you know, and, and, and you're making it something that you're feeding yourself a positive energy to start the day off. So that, that's, that is awesome. This sounds crazy, but I can pinpoint like 
a handful of days in which I did not start my day like that. And I'm not into this like mystical magic stuff that it really does change the way you operate. I don't operate at my best levels if I don't start my day like that. Awesome. I love it. I love it. You got to feed the positivity monster and then you could then you could really uh, destroy the day. So listen, now, are you able to stay positive like this when you're setting everything up? So you're, you're writing checks. You're like, so going back to, you know, 2019, when you're setting up operation, uh, talk to us a little bit about the logistics of setting up, uh, you know, like first off the, the, the entity, you know, setting up, uh, you know, uh, a prime line, you know, what led to the name and, you know, and, any, any any bit of guidance on you know uh our, our for our audience members to you know when they're they're coming up with their brand name and setting up their their entity the corporation size yeah first there's so many things that you don't even think about that come up and and not to go down the list of them but when you're starting you need to start out with an an employer identification number however you can't get that until you have a name but you need all this stuff so that you can have a bank account so that you can start paying for things to build out websites and, and getting set up with, with different vendors and so forth. So it all starts with the name. How do you figure out the name? Just pick something you like. It doesn't matter what the name is. Half mortgage companies are some made up word. You know, it, it doesn't, doesn't have to be something that, that really like, like stands out or anything. It just has to represent you. You got to buy into it. And so we, we came up with Primeline. We um, we had a list of names that, that we were thinking about. And many of them just seemed so tacky and stuff uh, or or boring. And, and we we're just like, that's just not us. Like, let's do something that just like represents us. And, you know, finding a way to make the words look cool, sound good, stuff like that. So that that's how we came up with the name. Um, was really pumped when we when we got some additions of our of our logo and we did sort source that out. So uh, the logo was created for us and and when I saw it, just the gradient, the bright, the sleek, it it just that, that's us. And so everything that we wanted to do, um, even down to the shirts that that we make, we just want it to represent us. So I think if you go about building the business to represent who you are. That's the best way to do it. That's the best way to buy into what you're doing. Uh, I think that's probably the best advice I can give on that front. Well, that's awesome, man. Well, so what about the physical presence? Like, you know, setting up your your office. So, you, know, you started. It's obviously at least just the two of you guys. Uh, but now you have 39 originators. Uh, I think you said 70, 79 employees. So you're. It's a little more than just uh, uh, just the two of you guys. So talk about the. You know, how did you start? physically where were you guys and what's it looking like for you guys right yeah, so now the the headcount is a little bit lower than the 75 i mentioned you know over the course of the past six months we've we've definitely uh shrunk a, a little bit well we started out as two dudes in an office the office is like 300 square feet at we work so we were the first office leased out at the particular we work that we were at so basically we're in not only a small office. There's nobody around us. It's like an empty floor. And so that's how we started out. Um, very early on, we were able to, uh, I guess, 
I don't want to say convinced, but we were able to recruit uh, somebody that we had known in the business. In fact, it was Fernando's uh, loan officer assistant that that we were able to recruit to come on board and help us out uh, on the processing side. But but for the first six months or so, it was just me and Fernando and and one other working to understand how does the broker model even work? We didn't have experience in it before. We're unfamiliar with the lenders, how they operate, stuff like that. So we had to get all these different systems into place. And even though we were familiar with the LOS, the POS, the CRM, stuff like that, we never set one up before. And so we had to figure out how to set everything up. And so as much as that's like tedious stuff that doesn't bring in any money, that's all the stuff that goes into it. And really trying to dial that in, it, it does take months. But once we got over that hump, we could start to make it systematic. And once it's a system, you can teach it to somebody else and they can pick it up and, and understand the process. Um, but we didn't we didn't bring on any other um, any other employees until August of that year. And which we were able to recruit another loan officer that we were familiar with. Um, so he was one of our very few experienced loan officers that still work for our company today. And it was, it was really great to have somebody that we're familiar with. Um, and, and we know what his potential is and, and how great he can be with our company compared to what he has done in the past too. Interesting. So, so is, is this, um, is there something specific about your training that you think you're able to take, um, you know, a, a, a decent originator and make them into an excellent, uh, you know, uh, Fernando level like originator? Is there something special about it? There's got to be, I suppose. Fernando runs the sales training. And so when it comes to to building up originators, it's his sales scripting and his sales strategy that has been able to create, uh, take green LOs and turn them into industry-wide top producers within a very short period of time. Uh, with, with In 2021, and granted, this is in one of the easiest or best markets the mortgage industry has seen, I believe we had seven or eight Scotsman Guide top loan originators within our company all of which were in at least their first year, uh, their first full 12 months of originating. And so that's, that's the kind of, that's the kind of strategy that Fernando has been able to bring to this company and certainly roll it out to a point where new, new to the mortgage industry, some, you know, very young, inexperienced in life, individuals can walk in here and, and do that right away. It's it's pretty impressive. Wow, that's amazing. That's just phenomenal in such a short amount of time. Um, and listen, uh, you, you, whatever your secret sauce is over there, it's definitely working. I, mean, I I know, uh, you know, Fernando was a a top conversion guy, but you know, back actually in the the, the previous uh, run, um, and he's been able to kind of formalize that whatever he he has there to be able to bring that to make you guys uh like a 
uh, top uh, converting uh, partner for LendingTree. I know if that's one of the things you guys talked about. Uh, so um, I, I, let's talk a little bit about uh, your your tech stack and you know, like you know, what is what does that look like? Take us from uh, you know from the lead uh, to close loan, uh, you know, and and maybe if if you have anything you do to kind of uh, keep in touch with borrowers after a, lo- a loan is closed. We work with LendingTree, and we bring in. About 50% of our business is from lending tree leads. We do a lot of self-gen. We've got some other marketing initiatives, but we've we've dialed in lending tree. And so we do buy lending tree leads. Great opportunity, highest and best converting leads that, that we found in the industry. So it's been great there. But when we buy those leads, they come into our CRM. We use Velocify at the moment. Velocify is a great CRM for mortgage, uh, specifically because of the the outbound calling functions and the way that we can do drip campaigns and they align with what we want to say. The cadence is very easy to set up. We can do lead distribution to our LOs based off of states or what types of leads we want certain people to get or, or what types of leads they want to get. We even allow our, our own loan originators to buy their own leads. And so we set up campaigns for them and, and Velocify is very slick when it comes to being able to, to understand what we're looking to do and distribute leads accordingly. So that's been very good. The other part that goes with Velocify is Encompass. And so I'm not out here promoting either of these companies because I do feel like for for a broker, it may be way too robust and you're not really utilizing much of the system, but paying for all of it. So we use Velocify and Encompass and it's been great for us up to this point, but Velocify does have a, a function where it exports these leads directly into Encompass and whether it's 30 seconds or 60 seconds that it would take to to get it into the LOS. Otherwise, cutting it down to two to three seconds just makes things more efficient. And that's what we're looking for, the most efficient way to do things. Now, uh, we use Encompass. Encompass is is great in a lot of ways, uh, but there is too much and we're paying for all of it and we use maybe 1% of it. One of the things that it's really great for, though, is reporting. And we've been able to take the reporting that Encompass allows and export it over to Power BI, Power BI being Microsoft. Um, and to be honest, I'm not very familiar with, with this type of nerd stuff, but we're able to turn it into sales reports and, and be able to see real-time data, look at conversions, look at look at where we're at, how, how certain LOs are doing, where we can get more production. And that's actually been very, very helpful. Those Encompass reports are nothing that's that's uh, couldn't be provided by most other LOS systems, but we found them to be very handy. Um, once we're once we're in the LOS system, we then take the application, go to the lender portals, shop it out, figure out which lender is going to be the best, and then we do assign it to them. As far as the lender portals are concerned, we've probably worked with 15, maybe 20 different lenders over the course of our three years. There is not one, and this has nothing to do with whoever's promoting this podcast, but there is not one lender portal that even comes close to stacking up with Rockets 
it's by far the most efficient, the most easy to use. It's foolproof when you're going through it. And that portal is by far the cleanest, best portal in the game. We also work with others that have been very good. Um, you know, UWM in the past, we, we've worked with them and, and their portal was, was very solid too. Again, very robust, maybe has more than we need, but a very good portal. Um, some of the other portals just really don't uh, add up when it comes to, to functionality. Is that the, the different segments yeah. you were looking for? Go ahead. Yeah, that's not as great. And now, do you use any technology or any systems uh, or possibly, uh, you know, um, uh, nurturing in uh, your CRN in, in, in Velocify uh, to uh, once the loan's closed? Uh, so, I mean, listen, you're one of your biggest partners, uh, you know, Rocket Pro TPO. Uh, their retail is like just a beast when it comes to retention, you know, then and traditionally brokers, you know, are not always the greatest for retention, um, you know, a great Actually, generating generating that first uh, that first uh, you know lead and first introduction to the system. Is there anything you guys do to proactively keep that borrower so any future transactions are going to happen within PrimeLine? Unfortunately, we have not been the best at this when it comes to an automated system. However, from the moment that that we get the client on the phone the first time, we're already talking about hey, we're not trying to do just one transaction with you. We're going to follow up with you when there's another opportunity. We're going to stay in front of you. So we do reach out to our past clients, whether that's via email or phone calls. And staying in front of past clients is really how you build your book of business. So we do it. Is it automated? No. Just recently, uh, at the end of last year, we did start some type of newsletter that we're sending out quarterly. and. Um, that's kind of our way right now of staying in front of our of our clients. Fantastic. So, and any big lessons that that you learned um, from setting this up that just the things that you wouldn't normally think of, the you know, things actually whether it's uh you know physically uh, setting up the office space or compliance, um, you know anything related to human resources, any lessons that people normally you know just don't think about when you're setting up your own business. Yes, and I think most brokers that are going to start their own brokerage are sales guys. So sales guys are starting it up. They're not compliance guys. They're not tech guys. They're not, they're not marketing guys. They're sales guys. And so you gotta, you gotta figure out how those different channels work because now you run the whole show and you handle everything for compliance. We do use a, a compliance consultant out of Colorado. His name is Bill Kidwell, who has been incredible for, for us. Um, super knowledgeable, an advocate for brokers, uh, just an awesome guy to, to have on your team. Um, as far as marketing is concerned, we had to, we had to develop what our marketing strategy was going to be working with some marketing agencies just didn't work. And we ended up taking that upon ourselves to figure out how we we're going to do it. Um, but the, the idea of, Hey, I'm just going to start this brokerage and I'm going to, I'm going to sell loans. And I'm going to do better for my clients. I'm going to do better for myself. It's not that simple. You got to learn all the facets of the business when you do take that, that, uh, that step. 
That's that's awesome, man. Listen, I got to say your your journey is is awesome. I mean, but uh, you know, when when you were setting things up, I mean, did, did it seem like I was like a money pit? Like you just keep throwing money at things to the setting up the business. I'm I'm sure actually, you know, the uh you know, the the Amex got some pretty big hits uh, you know, in you know, January of twenty nineteen, just getting the ball rolling and you know, through August when you're getting your full staff going. Let's just say that watching the bank account consistently go down is not where you get your confidence from you got to know that hey this is going to work and you got to be prepared for that because there are a lot of startup costs a lot of setup costs even once you get up and running you're not actually cashing checks until what 30 45 days later and so that that startup period is 90 days and you know you load that up and then you start paying for you you got to set up your your systems you got to pay rent you got to pay for compliance things you got to pay for licensing fees all those different things and and the bank account definitely is taking a hit every single time you got to know hey this is going to pay off i got to be willing to take one step back take five steps forward that's awesome man listen i I love your journey i I could i could talk to you all day about about you know the you know the details about getting this started uh i mean obviously you guys have had some some great success uh but but i i'm I want to go back to your to your 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 roots. So uh, just take us back, uh, you know, to uh, to the days and so you grew up in in uh, Pennsylvania, right. right? Okay, so I believe actually, if uh, if I'm if NMLS data is correct, uh, Camp Hill, uh, Pennsylvania, yeah. uh, Trinity yeah. High School. Uh, so so uh, so. Uh, obviously you didn't, you didn't go to college to become a mortgage broker. Uh, so what guidance, is there any guidance that you could give, you know, that the 18 year old, uh, you know, Trinity high school graduate, uh, you know, in, in terms of a career guidance, uh, to kind of set you on a path, uh, you know, to be where you are today, maybe earlier, or maybe actually in, in a different way and any kind of, uh, career uh, guys, uh, career advice or guidance, or just, uh, keep doing what you're doing. Don't go into massive student loan debt to go to college because whatever you're learning in college is not applicable to the real world. If anything, I'll send you my YouTube curriculum and that can be your university studies. And you're going to you're going to want to understand, hey, go there and learn how to learn how to socialize, learn how to interact with people, learn how to understand other humans. That's what you can learn from college. I was a sport management major. Uh, Trust me, uh, that's probably the easiest, the easiest bachelor of science degree that you can possibly obtain. I did not take much away from the curriculum. However, I learned how to speak to people. I learned how to interact. I learned how to find information. I learned how to present present myself i learned how to how to work hard those those are really the only things but the the takeaway is i don't think you need to you need to bank on your college degree carrying you through life it's the information that you find on your own that's going to take you to the places that you want to go and the courage that you have to do it that's fantastic man dude Love your story. Love actually uh, the opportunity to connect with you and also hear Fernando's side of this. Uh, you know, there's there's definitely like a like 
some partnerships you could just tell are just made perfectly for each other where you guys both compliment each other and have such a mutual admir uh, admiration and respect for each other. Uh, so, Brad, thank you so much for uh, joining us today on Build a Broker. so awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, man. When you want to grow, strengthen, and protect your business, Rocket can. Partner with RocketProTPO.com today. It's been a great experience hearing the journey of Brad Lawson and, of course, his partner, Fernando Escafi, who we met on a previous episode of Build a Broker. You know, these guys just have a great mutual respect for each other and really know how to stay in their own lane. Brad makes a great point about not commoditizing this business. Rather, you could stand out from the pack by focusing on achieving excellence in your own mortgage process. And as a broker, we've got the power to create our own mortgage process that wows our own borrowers. That's it for this episode of Build a Broker, a Mortgage News Network podcast. All episodes are produced by T.G. Kutamperar and Matt Mullins. Mike Savino is head of multimedia and Christine Stewart is editorial director. Opening theme is Adrenaline by Balloon Planet. And the music you're hearing now is Sharp Thin Blade by Francesco D'Andrea. Be sure you subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Help inspire other future brokers by sharing this episode and leaving your reviews. Join us in person at a Build a Broker event near you. These half-day events help you open, operate, and grow your mortgage brokerage with confidence. Learn more at nmplink.com slash B-A-B. 